has continued to occupy and farm the land in accordance with its established wishes. Concurrent with farming operations, Eugene established box trucking in 82, trucking business which he and his father worked together until 2013. From 2004 to 8, Eugene Fox hauled crude oil from wells from a blood reserve to terminals in southern Alberta. Eugene Fox is a member of the Blood Band and the customary Many Children Clan and Many White Horses Band of Apatsitapi. My apologies. I the weasel people. Um, whose existence supersedes the Blood Band, a 1936 creation of the, of the Indian Act. Uh, and so I'm going to turn it over to Eugene for about the same amount of time. And then we're going to have a question and, and discussion, and we're going to bring the two of them back up here. So thanks very much for being here. Welcome, Eugene. Good evening. I'm just wondering if I have this one. Hello? Yep. Okay. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank Sackpaw um, <coughs> for allowing me to speak. Uh, we have 20 minutes, so I'm going to try and get as much as I can. Try and get as much as I can in 20 minutes. Uh, I think I got five minutes in court to speak. Just more time here. Uh, first of all, on May 17th, I was uh, served by, um, I think it was a brand inspector on the blood reserve, Saturday afternoon, around late afternoon. Sunday was a holiday. Monday was a holiday. Tuesday I was in court at uh, 10 a.m. with very little time to prepare. But uh, it indicated to me that I had a very serious problem with the tribe here because being a native farmer and one of the only farmers on the blood reserve, they handpicked me to go to court. They figured justice was served here. I, um, I had been in court, and the judge asked me three questions. And those three questions were the serious constitutional issue to be to determined, the irreparable harm, and balance of convenience taken into account. When I showed up in court, I responded with my constitutional question. Uh, the judge gave me a week to come back and answer those three questions. I ended up in court again, and another judge told me I wasn't the judge, so I don't need to hear those questions answered. Where's your affidavit? I did have an affidavit prepared, but it was such short notice. He gave me less than 24 hours to bring it in, and I brought it in. I had done everything possible to, um, to satisfy the courts. I had documentation. I had um, a lot more than I needed. And when you go back to the reasons why I was in court, they billed me $168,000 for farming our very own lands, my parents' land, my brother and sisters. Um, this, prior to that, I had a gentleman from the lands come down and, <clears throat> and talk to me and said I had to pay 5% because that's an administration fee. As I understand, the Indian Act says we don't have to pay legal uh, administration fees. Section 20, uh, the hearing with Senator Weeb and Eugene Creighton at the time was the lawyer for the blood tribe. He said we do not pay fees. Farmers 
even have benefits to the programs, provincial and possibly federal. He wasn't quite sure on that, but I, I can answer them. So with this 5%, it, I refused to pay it because I, I realized we're, we're land occupants or farming our own land. Why do we have to pay an administration fee when we manage our own accounts and affairs? It wasn't good enough. They got several people in lands a little upset. They wanted, one guy wanted me to pay him the 5% under the table. I wasn't aware at the time. There was some shysters going on. Uh, in federal court, there was some checks that should have been presented, but the band's lawyer knew about there was one of the directors who shook down one of the farmers for $36,220. I feel I was being victimized. Why should I be victimized by the very same people that represent me? The same people that we entrust. Human resource policy says that. People in trust should be fired. Why are some of these people still in positions of trust, shaking down people like us? I have been a hard-working man. My father and I broke a lot of land, pulled a lot of rock, a lot of fencing. We practically killed ourselves out there, and people said it couldn't be done, but we did it because we understood our ethics. We come from, our ancestors got us here through perseverance. I belong to the Many White Horses Band. I'm very proud of it. There's 14 bands in existence that are still legally acknowledged <coughs> in Ottawa. Now, I believe my, the band I belong to is not an Indian Act band. I believe in our customs. My father's custom was, and it states in an affidavit signed by our lands director, by Mr. Fluger, Michael Fluger, that you cannot transfer land except by custom. What did my father do? So I compensated him a little through custom, respecting my father. He chose me to be his designated farmer. So we sat down and we disclosed the amount of land that was available in the farming of our family. Now, I didn't get anywhere in court because I've obviously know that I have a court injunction against me based on this person's affidavit versus all my legal documents. Like I say, chief and counsel protect those who protect the others of themselves when it comes to money. I refused to pay anybody under the table for things I didn't believe in, which I feel is corruption. Now, I have copies of checks that were signed, and I won't get into that. We're going to save that for the court. Now, tonight, there was a question asked. Better options to settle land disputes rather than going to court? Well, first of all, that's the same question I asked the judge. I asked that judge, you know, why am I here? It says, blood band versus Eugene Fox. I just sued myself. And yet, with the capital funding, I'm paying for the very lawyer that's suing me with my money. And what am I getting out of this? I'm not getting a damn thing. All I'm getting is I lose my constitutional rights. They want to take our land. They don't recognize my mother, who's still a living person today. 
They cause problems between families. They cause disputes. They make families say things that they're not supposed to without being consulted. Now it begins with the author of this. Hanai Rangu's Occupational Dispute Resolution Policy. And everybody here, I don't know if they're aware of it. But in here, before you get into disputes or any kind of, of arguments or even going to court, the blood tribe land, I mean the blood tribe's lawyer said, Your Honor, Mr. Fox broke all the rules in this book. The judge wasn't very happy. She gave me a chance to talk to her. She says, Your Honor, if this book policy was followed, we would, I wouldn't be in court today. Because before a person gets sued in court, there's procedures in here. There's four lands committees that sit on council. In here, they acknowledge this. They're entitled to a fair hearing. They scheduled us to have a fair hearing. And every time the date came up, they bumped me to next week, next week, next week. Finally, it was a year. I've tried every legal way to get a hold of these people and present them with what my father through custom wished and how to divide some land up between the family so there wouldn't be a dispute. So these things, before they end up in court, the council... They say have the supreme power. They don't. We do. We vote them in. They should be listening to us. I was requested by our chief to write a letter to get a fair hearing. I wrote it, delivered it to them last Tuesday in a meeting at the Holiday Inn. Lands Committee. Guy jumps up and says, don't open it. It's got to go to our legal team. So what chance do we have of presenting ourselves in any way so we can defend our land, our family, our dignity? They plastered things in the paper that weren't so true, but that's the newspaper for you. you know? I'm the bad guy because I'm awarded the government. Chief and counsel, in court, the lawyer says, Your Honor, chief and counsel, have supreme power was proven in federal court. As I remember listening to the judge, March the 6th, uh, federal judge James Russell quoted to this lawyer, the blood tribe has not made application for or been granted powers pursuant to section 60 of the Indian Act, which would grant the blood tribe the statutory power to exercise control and management over blood reserve lands. They don't have that power over you. They haven't been given it. But they go around and tell you we're First Nations land managers. They haven't even made application for that. It's all bogus. Because it involves a referendum. How many of you people have signed your land over to the tribe to manage? None of you. There's not only a referendum. The books have to be in order, which they're not. If you look at the audit reports, they're always in the whole. Second of all, there's bylaws. How many by land bylaws do we see that are approved? I'm sick and tired of hearing this Kainai city, which is not even legislation. 
It's mentioned in Anwa, but it's not honored. Our basis to be is the honored. The elder staff declaration that's signed by some of our late elders, that is the real declaration that honors our 14 tenants. Kainai Sani is just slain. If I ask any elder in here, what does Kainai Sani mean? My aunt's an eldership. They used it when they named Kainai Indians because the non-natives couldn't pronounce Kainai. So we're living a dream in a real world of chief and council using Kainai for everything they develop, policies, rules, regulations. That includes putting land into dispute, making your families fight. Now, if we had a fair hearing, I wouldn't be in court and getting sued for bogus billing that our lands committee chairman says, don't worry about that bill. All the white guys get it. We don't need to chance a billion $75 an acre. You're an Indian. Why do they bring it up in court and say, oh, you have to pay these fees? Joanne Crook is our chief. She's the one demanding that. Chief and council are supreme power. They're not. We voted them in. You need to understand that chief and council are a board of an Indian Act band. It was derived from the Indian Act. They were never at the signing of the Treaty 1877. They came into effect in maybe 1936. They didn't have any chiefs. They had elected officials, board members, and a chief. So when you, when you go to your chief and meet him in public and tell him, okay, I'll buy by your rules. I'll write you a letter so we can meet and have a fair hearing. You can hear my side of the story instead of all these letters of discrimination, defamation of character. You listen to one side, what do you get? You get land disputes. Now, in court it was mentioned there was 519 land occupants. I got confirmation from lands there's 1,350 land occupants. And there is a formula. There's 1,350 land occupants. And every one of you people own land that are here, if you own land, how many benefit? Your kids, your grandkids. So there's at least seven people in a family benefiting. That's 9,450 people. Where is this only not 500 people on reserve benefit? That's why there's lots of land disputes. Because the non-land occupants are unhappy. They're not, un they're not ha unhappy because they're not receiving anything from these land leases. Their parents help them. They're unhappy because our leaders will not allow membership to transfer land in their names. They say, government won't let us. Which government? Is it the government we voted in? That doesn't work for our people. If the lands would allow our people to transfer land, it'd be a lot more land occupants. And they would benefit. Today, I farm land that I was through a legal document, through my father's wishes. He gave me a directive, and I cannot give that out today because that goes to the courts in my affidavit. It'll stop a lot of this land dispute, but I never got the first base with these policies that say I'm going to get a fair hearing with the lands committee. They've avoided me for a year. They told me lies. They, they won't have, if you phone them right now, I'll give you your, their phone numbers. Their messaging services are, are full. 
You know, they won't answer you. That's the bottom line. If this was honored and the author of this land dispute told me I broke every rule in court, I told the judge, Your Honor, the author is right here, Joanne Crook. What does that tell you? There's too many people lying in our system. There's deceit. There's fictitious campaigns that tell you we're going to serve you. We're going to lay down every, open every book for you. But why are we in arrears? I'm being billed, on the other hand, in court. the other hand, the guy that I voted for can't even come into court and say, hey, you know what, that's a bogus bill. The chief can quash this. He wrote a letter to see if we can settle this out of court without costing us another $200,000 is what it cost our lawyer. We paid a lawyer that much in Calgary against Yakim Henniger. Now, the very same thing that's happening to Yakim Henniger in federal court in Calgary has happened to me. I feel I'm being used as an example because I was told, you being an independent farmer, INAC supports farmers like you because you're self-sufficient, will endorse you. The tribe doesn't like that because they have no control over what I'm doing. I'm trying to make a living. I bought my own equipment. Then they come in and say, oh, this Mr. Harry Grolton, uh, you and him are farming together. I brought every legal document that I purchased my equipment through a loan. I bought a house in 04 when I was uh, hauling crude oil and used that as collateral because I paid it mostly off and bought my own tractor. We updated my equipment. Bought my own cedar. I brought every document to lands. And when Mr. Elliot Fox comes out the spring with the police officer and says, off this land, it doesn't belong to you. All of this land on a reserve belongs to the blood tribe. What's that indication telling you? When a lawyer in court says, you know what, your honor, the land occupants aren't making any improvements to their land. So therefore the blood tribe is coming in to manage them. You don't know it, but I know it. There were several people here that heard it in court. They can get rid of me as a self-employed farmer. What are they going to do to you guys? They're going to manage all your land because they say you're not doing anything with it. They're not improving the land. That is their, their words. The land occupants haven't improved their land. So therefore, we're going to manage it. And that's scary. Are you going to allow the land department to manage your money when they're in debt? I don't feel comfortable with even if I paid them 5%, I wouldn't mind if I could see some end result. If I went to that food bank and fed a lot of kids, I'd be more glad to give them 10%. But if that's not happening. Our money is being mismanaged. This book is so full of lies. They say this is our... It's almost like they're using the Kainai Governance Act in here that we voted down. Kainai is in here. That's not what we voted for. We voted it down because we have enough people with common sense to understand that this is all malarkey. Now, I'm going to have people understand this farmer I, I worked with. We exchanged work. He helped me. In return, I go and help him seed. I just got back from Clarence putting in, in grain up there. I seeded a section. 
I have a gentleman here whose son works for me. Young man, reads GPS, does some seating, handles a big four-wheeler, just out of high school. Why does he do that? Because he came from a generation of farmers like I did. There's a lot more kids out there that want to do exactly what their parents and their parents did, but our hands are tied. We mentioned farming. Our services get cut off because chief and council doesn't want to hear that dirty word. They want to manage our lands. They say we're, uh, they say we're a sovereign nation. We're not. We're dependent on federal dollars. We get $152 million dollars. And that's per capita hit for everybody. I've never seen my money, have you? None of us. So what are they doing with this money? What are they going to do with your money when they manage your lands? And I'm not here as a radical. I'm just speaking the truth because it's happening to me. I had a directive to go in and sit with these lands committee members. One guy tells me, oh, I can't be with you. I'm with my boxing team in Kansas. The other one tells me, geez, I'm on my way to uh, gathering up the nations in uh, Albuquerque. Why don't they gather here for our nations? There's too many fact-finding tours. There's too much money spent. There's too much misappropriating of funds, our funds. And all I wanted to do was sit in there and say, hey, I got a directive. I got a guideline from my father through custom. So we could split this land and not have a land dispute. But they didn't want that to happen. They created a land dispute. Because we never had a fair hearing. It made me look like the bad guy. Like I want to take all my dad's land and spend all this money. Before my father died, he had a couple federal farm loans that had to be paid to the receiver general. I explained that to the lands committee. They said, so what? We're going to manage your land. We're going to put it in dispute. Why? They had no answers. Why? Said, well, because our director said so, Elliot Fox, my own relative. Now, what I'm saying here is, these guys want us to follow policies. Why don't they get some honest people in here? They quit having them shake down the farmers for money for their own personal use. I didn't feel comfortable about getting shook down. Now, you need to get out and tell your families this is what they want to do. That's why they won't answer to you. They want to manage your land because they're in deficit. There's a lot of people can understand those audit reports because we're not stupid. We have people that are accountants, lawyers in our society. People that work off the reserve look at these audit reports and say, wow, how could you guys owe $20 million to the receiver general? Does it affect your funding? Of course, because I keep robbing Paul to pay Peter. And it circulates in the community. Some of the people in the worst conditions lose their, their social service check. I see a meeting in the, out of the, behind McDonald's. Go down to the park here in town. Go to McDonald's, Dairy Queen. They're eating on the garbages. Why is that? They say we're a sovereign nation and the richest nation in, in Canada. And what have we got? 90% of our people starving. Now they say you guys make too much money from your land leases. But they tend to forget who benefits. You do things for your children. They don't do anything for us. So we're trying to be the real people, our basis to be, to help our families through custom. These guys want to use an Indian Act ban to destroy us. So what are we? 
stupid are we? Are we so stupid to vote these guys and then say, yes, you have the supreme power? I would never vote somebody in to take the rest of my people down. Once they get in power, that doesn't give them the right to crap on us, to not hear us, not answer their phones. We have, we have problems that are so severe. Their solution is, dang it, let's go to Vegas and try to figure this one out. The Indian National Finals are on. That's the bottom line. The fact-finding tours are more important than our own people. So if these guys got supreme power and we're stupid enough to believe it and we voted them in, we're the ones with the supreme power. We vote them in, we can vote them out. But I've been trying to settle a dispute that they created, not me, with my family, so they can benefit and their kids. But they won't allow me to get the first base. My father left me a document very important because he believed in his custom. I designated you, Eugene, because you you did everything that I did. And you're fair. You're giving your family more land than I asked. I, I was going to leave them with it. And he said, why is that? I said, because I don't have more blood in me than they do. They just need to open their ears and eyes and start listening. Because I'm tired of being slandered for being a hard-working man. But you need to understand, I'm going to court because I'm buck-shaming. I'm not paying 168,000 fictitious bill. I'm going to court because these guys think I'm a shit disturber, excuse my language. And that was sticking up for my rights. And that's what I'm going to keep doing. I'm sticking up for all you land occupants because if I'm gone, what did they say? You guys are a piece of cake to control. They're going to use that solution. You guys aren't doing making any improvements to your land, so therefore we're going to manage them. Why do they pay a lawyer to say that in court? Why do they pay her $200,000? Because they must mean business. You saw the figures of what she made up here. It's unbelievable. A lot of that money can go to the food bank. It can go to a lot of hungry people. But we're slaves to that kind of society. To people who say you've got... The supreme power, the more you hear it, the more you pay them. And yet they can't even answer your phone call. They can't even invite your family to a meeting and say, hey, this is a solution, let's sit down and settle it. They turn around and let them write bad letters and slander you. That's not the way things should be done on a reserve. Read their campaign messages. They, everyone campaigned, we're going to work for you, we're going to do our best, we'll answer our phones. We're going to work on more education, more uh, employment, better housing, better this. But who controls the budget? Those leaders who have supreme power. Why are we here today? Because you guys all need to know that this is what's happening to our society out there. We're starving. We're in deficit. We have lots of oil and gas. Where's that money going to? I hold oil out there in 2000. In aid, I reported stolen oil. I have to. I'm sworn in carrier of crude oil. They have laws out there. There was a pile of oil on my route. I had to report it. I lost my job because of that. Because I knew where that oil was going at night. They punished me for being an honest man. 
To this day, nobody knows when that oil leaves the reserve. There's no bill of lading, there's no records. They claim there's only a few hundred barrels of oil leaving that reserve. I'm a certified crude oil holder. I know my math. I can calculate. This computer helps me. We're hauling daily 3,000 barrels, and there's 6,800 in those tanks, and it never stops pumping. So why are we so doggone broke? Because we have people in leadership who doesn't have the idea how to run that types of, those types of businesses. We have a lot of unqualified people because we have people in power that honor their relatives before the qualified people. I've been punished, I've been whipped, I've been slandered, I've been vandalized my equipment because they don't like what I say. I only speak the truth because I'm tired of this board telling me I'm not a real Indian. Thank you very much.